Good day to you, my friends. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust that you and your household, you are doing well and are blessed in all things. Uh, we have been talking about the utterance gifts of the Holy Spirit and we ended it uh, yesterday. The main subject is still the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And today we are going to talk about the revelation or the revelatory gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, but before I do that, let me share a testimony with you. And this is uh, when uh, the very first time uh, I cast out demons and uh, this was in Sweden. I was, uh, I was just a young preacher. I was new in all this and, you know, new in Pentecost. And uh, I, I didn't know much. And uh, there was a well-known preacher, a famous preacher. Uh, he said to me, he said, brother, I've been asked to do a big tent meeting. They put away huge tent and they'll be, I'll be preaching there for a week, but I can't go because I have, and he had something going on. So he said, can you go in, in place of me? I said, brother, they want you to come. You're famous, got a big ministry. I'm like, nobody knows me. I'm, I'm pretty much a novice. He said, no, 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 don't worry. You just go and you, you do your thing. You preach. I said, okay. So I went and uh, one evening there was this lady who came up and she was a Swedish lady. And, you know, uh, Swedish ladies, uh, you know, they take care of themselves. They dress nice and, uh, you know, their hair is always nice. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they take care of their appearance. But this lady, I mean, she was dressed shabbily. Her hair was like stringy, hadn't been washed for a long time. Her teeth were rotten. And... Um, and I, so I asked, uh, you know, I, in those days I could just converse in Swedish, but I couldn't really preach. So I had an interpreter with me and I didn't know the spiritual Christian words either. So uh, I asked her what was wrong and she, she kind of said something that I didn't understand. She basically mumbled, I could say. So I said, okay, so I, I began to pray for her, lay my hands on her, begin to pray in tongues. And she began to manifest demons as she began to, she went berserk and when that happened, my interpreter just ran away. He ran and everybody who was around me, they just basically took off, leaving me alone with this woman who was going crazy. So I got scared because I'd never seen anything like it before. So I, <coughs> I got my oil bottle and I've done this only twice in my life. I, uh, I dumped the entire oil bottle on her head, just emptied the whole thing on her head and just said in the name of Jesus. And then the next thing, you know, she's falling, she's walking backwards. And then she kind of falls. And as she falls, I kind of ran behind her to catch her because I didn't want to, her to hit her head in the, uh, on, on the bench, you know, in the front row. This was in a tent. Anyway, she went down and then she was out the rest of the meeting. And uh, after the service, you know, I'm the service. And then I was gone. The next day, this lady comes up after the service and she's smiling, wearing clean clothes and I didn't recognize her. She said, Pastor, do you remember me? I said, no. She said, I was the one yesterday. You cast the devil out of me. I said, oh yeah, how are you? And she said, I want you to meet my husband. I want you to meet our children. I think she had two or three kids. And I'm talking about 1981, you know, this is like 39 years ago. And then she said, he said, you know, I, I've been bound with drugs and alcohol and uh, haven't 
And so after you prayed for me, I've been completely free. I've had no cravings for drugs or alcohol. And I, I got saved last night. And then I went home to my husband and my husband looked at me. She said, whatever it is they have done to you, I want you to go back there. And I'm also going to go back with you to see what's happening. And he got saved. My kids got saved. And, and, and it was wonderful. And my point is, I want to tell you that, you see, Jesus, it's not just a one thing. You know, he heals somebody, but, but, but he changes lives. He changes families. Hallelujah. And, we, and we, should, we should always expect and believe God for such things, for God to touch families. And uh, the Bible says that he restoreth my soul. He, you know, he causeth me to walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So Jesus, he restores lives. He, he heals, but he also restores people's lives and he restores their soul, their inner man. And he causes them to walk with him. Hallelujah. Anyway, so <clears throat> tonight or today, I'm going to talk to you about the revelation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the first, the three revelation gifts are, uh, these are gifts that reveal or show something. The first is the gift of the word of knowledge. The second is the gift of the word of wisdom. And the third is the gift of discernment of spirit. So, Let's talk about the gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of the word of knowledge, it is not the gift of knowledge. You know, some people think you know, there's no such thing as a gift of knowledge. Knowledge is acquired by study. If you study books and, you know, you go to school, uh, it's by study and receiving knowledge. That's how you acquire knowledge. There is no such thing as the gift of knowledge, but the Bible does talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the gift of the word of knowledge. Now, a word is a fragment and this is what this is this is a, a definition I have written down and this is what uh, this is the definition I, I made for myself just to help people understand this. And this is please listen to this. When our all-knowing God takes a word or a piece or a fragment from his knowledge of a certain situation or circumstance and supernaturally imparts it to us. He does this with a specific person, a purpose in mind. That means that God, this is what the gift of the word of knowledge is. God, who knows everything, he's all-knowing. Our God has all wisdom. He knows the totality of everything. So when he he knows about something about a certain situation and he takes a piece or a fragment of that knowledge of what he knows about everything and he supernaturally imparts it to us uh, with a specific purpose. Now, God doesn't tell us or show us everything. You know, he knows everything, but he, he gives us what we need to know about a certain situation and he does it in a way that is totally supernatural and it is not natural, it is totally supernatural. So that is a word of knowledge. Typically a word of knowledge given by a person is about a situation or a circumstance from the past or the present in another person's life. So, you know, the word of knowledge deals with situations and circumstances in the past or in the present about another person's life or circumstances. And this word of knowledge, this knowledge is not acquired through natural means, but it's totally supernaturally imparted by the Holy Spirit. Now, 
A, a, good way, a good example of this was when Jesus ministered to the woman at the well in Samaria. Remember when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in Samaria, he suddenly began to say, you, you had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. And she was shocked. She was blown away because there was no way he would have known that in the natural. That was imparted to him by the Spirit, uh, by the Spirit of God. So she got <coughs> all stirred up and and she said, uh, teacher, I know you're a man sent by God. And then it says in John verse uh, chapter 4, 28 to 30, and I'm reading it for you. It says the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and told everybody, said to the man, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. So this one word of knowledge that Jesus got, she, a fragment of knowledge about this, this woman's life, he got from the Holy Spirit, he spoke it out and it unlocked the whole city for him. He, she went and told the city and everybody came out of the city and, and he had an audience there uh, to, to preach the gospel to. So that is a, I should say, a very good example in the New Testament about a word of knowledge. Now, so let us see. Uh, <coughs> Brother Kenneth Hagin has a very good definition of the word of knowledge. And I, ha I have copied it down from his writing. So, you know, he was my spiritual father. So I feel free to share this with him. Uh, God, is. this is what he writes. This is what Brother Hagin writes. God is all-knowing, he knows everything, but he doesn't reveal everything that he knows to man. He just gives him a word or part of what he knows. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence, so a word of knowledge would simply be a fragmentary part of the entire knowledge or counsel of God. God is all-knowing, he has all knowledge, but he doesn't, doesn't impart all of his knowledge to us. He imparts a word of knowledge to us, just what he wants us to know at a given time. So at a given time, the Lord just tells us, he just tells us. Uh, and, I, you know, I can give an example, like I get words of knowledge. And uh, uh, back in the old days, before I was, I was doing my crusades, uh, I, I used to flow. I mean, I, all I did was meetings. I used to travel to churches in Sweden, and that was you know, my ministry, I was new. I just traveled to churches and did meetings on the weekends. And I used to get words of knowledge. God used to point people out to me. I knew their names. I knew sometimes the names of, of somebody's sibling or uh, how old they were or what they did, you know, and it was all, it was scary. It was supernatural. And, uh, and a lot of people used to get healed. And somehow, you know, I would point out diseases or point out other things in people's lives and people would get healed. And then I remember I went to, for my, one of my, I should say it was my first crusade in India, my very first crusade in India. And I got a word of knowledge for somebody who had something and 5,000 people came running towards the platform and I almost got killed. I mean, they, they were basically knocking the platform down. Everybody was trying to climb up. So that's when, you know, the Lord said to me, you don't have to do that. So now you just go out and pray for everybody. So what I did, uh, I, I I just began to uh, pray a mass prayer for everybody. And we used to have hundreds and hundreds of people healed at a time. So, uh, you know, but then what happens is that when I'm in a church situation, I, you know, it, it's, it's different. It depends upon where you are. 
and uh, God knows the situation. The important thing is that you seek the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit will show you what you need to know and what he intends to do. But we must, we, we must be in prayer. We must be, you know, silent, still ourselves before the Lord and pray and seek him. Like, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. I was once uh, doing a seminar, I was teaching and these people were all Baptist and they didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. So I taught on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I came to the word of knowledge and I told them, look, this is what the word of knowledge is, that God who has all the knowledge, he takes a piece of his knowledge and puts it into our hearts by the Holy Spirit to fulfill a certain purpose. And this knowledge has to do with something in the past or the present of another person. So I said, let me give an example. There's a, there's a gentleman right here on my right, somewhere out here, you're sitting in the third, fourth row, and you cannot walk, your feet are crippled. Just stand up and you can walk right now. And there's the man, he began to shout, he got up, he began to run and to dance and praise God, completely healed. I said, that was a word of knowledge. Now let me give, show you another one. I said, uh, uh, here's, there's, there's another person right here and your deaf ear is popping open right now. Your left ear is deaf. And immediately the man jumped up and he said, I can hear, I can hear and everybody. So that's what a word of knowledge is. And they got exactly. And then I told them, of course, you can have the Holy Ghost. And how many want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Everybody came running to the front to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, these gifts of the Holy Spirit has a purpose and this is what the word of knowledge is. God shows you something about the past or the present so you can go and speak into that situation or minister into that situation. Amen. Sometimes it's not even only in a meeting, but in a one-on-one -on -one situation. It can be in a counseling situation. You're counseling somebody and then uh, God just tells you something about this person's life and that has happened to me counseling people and and they I know what they tell me but then the Lord shows me uh -uh, there's this situation this person hasn't told you and so I bring it up and they they get shocked because how did I know that well I knew it by the Holy Spirit and uh, words of knowledge come to us when we you know we pray in the spirit and we are open to hearing from the Holy Spirit Anyway, <clears throat> the next gift is I want to talk about is the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom, it is not a gift of wisdom, but it is the gift of the word of wisdom, right? It is not the gift of wisdom. There's no such thing as the gift of wisdom. Uh, wisdom, let me tell you what wisdom is. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. That's what it is. The knowledge we have when we apply it right, that's called wisdom. But this is not the gift of wisdom. It is the, if the gift of the word of wisdom. And it's the same, similar to the word of, word of knowledge uh, in, in that God who has the wisdom of all things. He knows it all, every situation. He takes a fragment of his wisdom and puts it on us for us to speak that out into a certain purpose. Now, the uh, into a certain situation i mean now the difference between the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom the main difference is this the word of knowledge deals with the knowledge of things that have happened in the past or exist in the present but the word of wisdom has to do with god's wisdom on how to deal with a situation in the present or in the future. That is 
a word of wisdom and sometimes they kind of intermesh at the edges the gifts are not you cannot sometimes totally demarcate them because they do uh, interlock and they move together so uh, the word the word of wisdom is similar to the word of knowledge except the word of knowledge is past and present and the words word of wisdom kind of dovetails with it it's present and the future and uh, and you know one example in the new testament of the word of wisdom is this in Acts 21, uh, 21 uh, verses 10 and 11. And it says, As we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet called Agabus. When he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Lord Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So he basically told Paul what was going to happen to him. So that is a word of wisdom. And so Paul was forewarned that when you go, this is what the Jews in Jerusalem are going to do to you. And so Paul was prepared. So, you know, preparing a person for a certain situation. Now, in my personal experience, I'll, I'll never forget, we were in this situation uh, and uh, we, anyway, uh, we, we, we were in this church of, in Sweden and we had to leave the church and uh, and for three, four years, four years, uh, we really had no place to go. And so I decided, I said to my wife, let's just immigrate. Let's just move overseas. There's nothing for us here anymore. So let's leave. So we were looking for a place, but then we found out that we couldn't, uh, we wanted to come to America, but we couldn't come to America unless there was somebody who sponsored us. And to sponsor us, it would be a huge financial undertaking for them. And it wasn't easy because if you're not an American, you can't just come here and say, I want to stay here. There has to be some legal ground. You need to, there's a lot of paperwork and legal things involved. And so I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't know how to do this. And anyway, so uh, I was at camp meeting in uh, 1992. And uh, and uh, uh, Brother Hagen actually the first night he asked me to speak. So I spoke the first night in camp meeting 1992. And then the next line and uh, next evening, for some reason, I was in line uh, for prayer. And uh, uh, and then Brother Hagen went down to the line, laying hands on everybody. And uh, and then he 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 stopped in front of me. He looked at me looked him in the eyes and this is what he said. He says, everything will be all right and you shall rejoice. He didn't even lay hands on me. That's all he think, all he said, everything shall be all right and you shall rejoice. And then he just walked away from me. And I didn't even think that he didn't lay hands on me nothing happened. But when he said those words, they went right into, right through me. And it was like all these burdens and these concern and worries I, I was carrying for my family, our future, everything was just drained from me and I felt completely free. And after that service, uh, one of my friends uh, who is with the Lord now, uh, Oliver Lindbergh, uh, actually had met me the night before he came running to me. He says, uh, Pastor Sam Smucker wants to meet you. And, uh, and I had never met Pastor Sam before, but I met Pastor Sam for lunch. He's my pastor now for the past 26 years, but Pastor Sam uh, invited me to preach in Lancaster at the big church here, the worship center. I preached here and then I felt this is where I want to be. 
this is where I want to live because that year we were in Tulsa uh, when we went to Rama. You know, Southern culture is different. We had the ladies with the big hair and this heavy makeup and long fingernails. And my wife said, look, if this is what Americans are like, I could never fit in here. So we were looking, there was some corner of America where people didn't have the big hair, they didn't have the big fingernails, they didn't wear the heavy makeup. So we, we didn't know what it was like. So we, I came here and I saw these people are just like the people in Sweden. They're, they, you know, there's nothing exaggerated about them. And I felt I wanted to move here, but I didn't want to ask Pastor Sam. But the next day, Pastor Sam himself uh, he said, we would like you to move here and we will help you. And the church uh, uh, basically sponsored us. And my friend Bill Lee uh, in North Carolina, one of my closest friends, he called the, uh, He called one of the most expensive immigration lawyers in the U.S. and basically said, look, I'll pay you whatever it takes. I want you to get my friend into the U.S. And, and you know, everything moved from that point. And in three and a half months, we had our green card. A green card normally it can take years I know that and then the next thing you know we were here in the US as legal immigrants and so what I'm saying is that we here we were stuck in a very bad situation and I needed to hear from God and 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 then brother Hagen comes and 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 uh, I hadn't even told him about my situation that I'm planning to I want to move to America I didn't want to put that on him and he just comes to me he looks at me in the eyes and he says, everything will be all right and you will rejoice. Hallelujah. So that was a word of wisdom that unlocked everything for me. And from that moment onward, everything flowed smooth. Amen. So that was the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom, God gives you a word for, and it has happened to me sometimes. I have like, I have a friend in Sweden. He's a businessman. And he always used to call me for prayer. I would pray for him. And sometimes God would tell me and I would call him. I said, hey, brother, there's a guy such and such and he wants to do business with you. Don't do business with him because you will not be able to keep your eyes on what's happening and you'll get cheated. And he would get quiet. And two weeks later, he'd call me. He said, how do you know all that? I said, well, I don't know. The Lord showed me. He said, well, you were right because I was on the verge of making this deal. And then after you said that, I was very careful. I checked out and I found out that, wow, this was really dangerous. So that is the word of wisdom. Now, the third one of the revelation gifts is the gift of discernment of spirits. The discernment of spirits gives supernatural insight into the, into the spirit world. To discern means to see and to distinguish and to judge between two things. Seeing into the realm of the spirit. You know, some people say, oh, there's a gift of discernment. Listen, there is no such thing as a gift of discernment. Okay. And because many people, they say they have the gift of discernment and what they actually mean, they, have the, they, have, they, have the, they think they have the gift to judge other people uh, that, you know, you can, you feel in your heart, this guy is not right. And uh, this guy, you know, there's something wrong. It's always pointing out faults with other people. That's what normally when people use the so-called gift of discernment, it's actually pointing out faults with other. And it's often based on their 
prejudices and preferences. They don't like the way the guy parts his hair, so they feel I don't feel good about him. There's no, there's, the Bible doesn't say there's a gift of discernment. Please listen to me. In the Bible, there is no such thing as a gift of discernment, but there's a gift of discernment of spirits. And the word discern means to see so that you can judge between things. You know, you, you, you can judge between things so you can see. It's actually seeing into the spirit world. And, and it's not only about seeing evil spirits, you can also see angels and that's discernment of spirits. You can see into the spirit world and you can see, is this God or is this not God? And you actually, it's actually seeing, you know, like I was, uh, I was praying for this uh, <clears throat> church and Bible school in Sweden. And um, uh, this is not the Bible school where I was teaching. There's another Bible school and I was praying and they told me there were like spiritual hindrances there and like, there was no move of God there and there were people opposing the move of God and just all kinds of things. So one day I was really praying, interceding for them. And suddenly I saw it was like I was looking into the in, into the spirit world and I saw this big ape sitting on top of the building because that Bible school adjoined, adjoined the church. It was the same long building and I could see a big uh, big like an ape, a monkey sitting there. And the Lord said, that's a devil, command it to leave in the name of Jesus. So, so I commanded that thing to leave in the name of Jesus. And after that, suddenly there was an open door for the Holy Spirit in the church, but not in the school because the Lord told me, you have no influence there, but you have influence here. So you keep on praying. And uh, you know, so that's a discernment of spirit. God lets you look into the spirit world and so that you can move into action. Okay. So now the revelation of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge bring is broader and it applies to places, people and things. The discernment of spirits is more narrow because it only gives us insight into the world of the spirits. And you know, so uh, you can see that God is a spirit. Man is a spirit. Uh, Angels are spirits, demons are spirits. And so uh, the discernment of spirits, it gives you a vision into the spirit world so you can see and discern between uh, that which is of God and that which is of the devil. So that's, you know, that is the discernment of spirits. So uh, as I said, that uh, discerning faults in others, uh, you know, is not, it's, it's not a spiritual gift to find fault with others. And in fact, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to finding fault with other, uh, le le let me just say this thing. The purpose of the baptism in the Holy Ghost is to destroy this gift of discerning faults in others, which is nothing more than criticism and disguise. And then to replace it with the gift of gentle forbearance and love. The gift of discernment of spirits, as the Bible says, is not fault finding. It, it is to see in the world of the spirits. Therefore, the discerning of spirits, this is a definition I read, is not a spiritual gift to uncover human failures. Christians should walk in love. And the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4.8. Paul writing to the church in, uh, at Ephesus said, and be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Paul was talking here to Christians. Amen. So 
you know, fault finding is not a Christian thing to do. And it's not a gift from God. Definitely not. In fact, instead of fault finding, we should be walking in love and loving people. But anyway, so uh, we have gone to the revelation gifts of the Holy Spirit. I trust you have learned something. And tomorrow we will talk about the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. But let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this time with my brothers and sisters. I ask you to bless every house, every home in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said you bless our food and water, turn every sickness away from us in Jesus name. I curse every illness, every sickness, every disease in every home. And I speak life and health and peace and blessings to them in the name of Jesus. Well, all right, be blessed and I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. Praise the Lord.